Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com and proudly sponsored by our good friend Patrick O'Neill. This is show number 144, released on December 21st, 2016. My name is Steve Eunice and I'm joined by my good friend Scotty V. Hey, Scotty. Hey, Steve. What's going on? Not much. It's been a little bit of a quiet month. We uh, are going a little bit early this month because of the Christmas New Year period. So uh, as we always do every time in December, we kind of bring it a little bit forward uh, just depending on when the holiday season falls. But um, so, you know, with no Supergirl episodes, uh, you know, uh, limited stories of news and things out there, um, it's going to be maybe a little bit of a shorter podcast, but I'm sure you and I can... Uh, smack our gums along and um, manage to to get out a good podcast, hopefully. Well, you know me, I rarely have anything to say, and I usually give one or two quick one, you know, second (laughs) answers. So uh, I don't know that I'm going to be able to help you with that, but we'll see how it goes. You are a very quietly spoken fella, and so um, I'll have to kind of egg you along and make sure that you uh, do your fair share of of the load in this podcast. You'll have to try to twist my arm to get me to speak, I know. (laughs) All right. Uh, Well, we do have um, some movie news to discuss. Um, On the lighter side of things, or shall we say the dark side of things, um, (laughs) (laughs) Zack Snyder released a a trailer, if you like, a a mashup of the Batman v Superman trailer, but with a Star Wars uh, theme to it. Um, Throughout the making of Batman v Superman, uh, between he and J.J. Abrams, they'd kind of been doing back and forth kind of thing where they, uh, you know, uh, mashed up the DC Star Wars universes. But this trailer that Zack Snyder has put together has, uh, it's titled Dark Side Knight versus Super Jedi. Um, and it's just a fun mashup of the two universes with, uh, you know, some uh, audio from the Star Wars side of things, but with visuals that mash the two together. What did you make of it? <laughs> Well, it was quite entertaining. You know, uh, I love Star Wars, and obviously we love Superman. So to see them both again, I thought it was great just throughout the making of the movie when we saw the scene with the, with the X-Wing fighters flying over, and uh, there were a couple of other hints around. But this one, uh, he put that one in, but there were also a lot of other ones. Uh, I think my two favorite shots were were the Batwing being turned into a TIE fighter, a TIE interceptor, and smashing through the docks there, and uh, the, the and Batman up on top of the building with the Millennium Falcon floating in front of him. Yeah, I thought that was uh, quite well done. Um, and uh, I also enjoyed uh, when Batman says to him, um, what he says, instead of, do you bleed... He says to him, Do you embrace the dark embrace side of the force? The dark I think. Side. Yeah, so that's uh, nicely done. Now I don't know if they got Ben Affleck to to do the voice there, or you know whether they just computerized it or what they did. But uh, very well done. Uh, just a bit of fun, you know. Uh, you know, not much you can really, um, you know, criticize about that. It's just a bit of fun, and it's nice that they, you know to see them do things like this just for the fans, especially now that Rogue One is out there and doing so well at this, in, the, in the movies. Um, that uh, it's a timely kind of combination of the two, and you know, Batman v Superman is out on Blu-ray and DVD, so uh, you know, why not bring it back into the public public eye and uh, remind people that uh, for Christmas time? 
Yeah, I guess he's a big. He must be a big fan of Star Wars. Uh, I imagine uh, Zack Zach, Zach Snyder. You know, I didn't really put another thought into it. Obviously, he liked it when he was putting out those smaller ones. But mm. uh, to go to all this trouble so much time later, I guess he was excited about Rogue One, and he must have said, I, "I'm going to do something." And uh, it was quite neat. Yeah, exactly. So that's uh, that. If you haven't checked it out, it is uh, available out there, YouTube and what have you. Uh, check it out, SupermanHomePage.com. But on uh, some, uh, well, I guess disappointing news, if you like, um, while the first Justice League movie will be out in time, November 2017, less than a year away, um, the follow-up, the sequel, if you like, the second Justice League movie has been delayed. Uh, we don't know a time when it will be released yet, but it sounds like they're concentrating on doing the solo Ben Affleck Batman movie Instead, uh, and it looks like Zack Snyder himself is taking some time away from the DC Universe to do uh, one of his own pet projects that he's uh, interested in. Well, it doesn't really surprise me. I mean, we've been talking about this for a number of years, you to a lesser degree than myself, but the idea that Batman's the golden boy and Batman's the one they go after, and the reason for that is that he makes money. Uh, they've had a little trouble. They've been stumbling a bit with every movie they've released. People have complained. There's been heavy, heavy criticism. And a lot of it comes from the Superman slash or Batman fans that uh, seem to be willing to cut off their own nose despite their face. Uh, mm. Because the more you complain, the less you're going to get. And uh, the more you don't support the product. And I, I'm, listen, I understand when people say, I'm not just going to buy something because it has an S slapped on it. If it's crap, I'm not going to entertain it. I'm yep. not going to enjoy it. So if that's your that's that's what it is, then that's what that is what's going to happen, and you're, you're you know the money will speak. But the problem is, I just don't know how many restarts we're going to get. And the good thing is, they are still going forward with this universe. They are still using Henry Cavill, and we have recently heard rumors again of a Man of Steel sequel, where it's going to get lighter and happier. So maybe that will please the people who weren't pleased uh i don't know that we had an idea of exactly when the new justice league you know we already we have a justice league coming so thinking that far ahead anyway i don't know that there was ever a release date or a thought that there would be and most recently it was said that they weren't going to be a two-parter anyway so it's really just another film that will come sometime down the line as far as a delay i don't know that there was ever a known time when it was going to come out Anyhow, well, yeah, so they're actually, go with the there was thing, which you know, they did. They did. A, they had a June fourteenth, twenty nineteen uh, release date for the second Justice League movie in the schedule. So they had planned uh, for that second film to come out June twenty nineteen. But now uh, we don't know when the Batman movie will come out. But um, it looks like they're moving forward or pushing forward with that for a twenty eighteen release date. I think is what I've seen online. Okay, yeah, I didn't. Uh, I, I guess I probably saw it when they released that whole uh, schedule. I'm never sure whether or not everything is official or not, or mm. who's putting this out, or if these are just general ideas of what they think. But obviously, unless and until it's cemented in stone, nothing has to be definite. They, but you know, studios move movies around all the time. Yes, and probably they want to, you know, they want to get some of the people who would be more excited about a Batman movie to make make some of the money back that they feel like maybe they should have made previously, and then they'll get back to Justice League. It's not, it's not all that unusual that there would be a delay. Is all I'm saying. So, yeah, unfortunately, it's for Batman. Which we, as I said, mentioned many years uh, now. That's just the way they're going to go. 
So uh, we'll see what happens. But again, so now there's not a definite. It's, there's no time. There's just uh, there may be a sequel sometime in the future. Yeah, that's it. There's no definite uh, point in time when we know that'll happen. Uh, they haven't said it's cancelled. They just said it's been delayed, postponed. Um, there hasn't been a solo Batman film since 2012, which uh, will make it six years in between Bat- solo Batman films. Uh, but uh, obviously he was involved with Batman v Superman, was involved with Suicide Squad, so you've seen Batman on the big screen. Uh, I'm not sure that that's really uh, a valid point. I've heard Batman fans saying that, you know, but um, all in all, uh, we will get Justice League out November 2017, so look forward to that. There is Wonder Woman next year, earlier in 2017, to look forward to. um, So plenty of DC films between then and now, and uh, obviously we've got um, Aquaman, we've got The Flash, all still happening. So plenty to look forward to. They may be waiting, too, to see, you know, with the disappointing returns they feel they've gotten so far and the criticisms of Zack Snyder, they may be waiting to see how Justice League itself does before fully committing to moving forward with that, as the Batman movies will be done by a different team and, and different people, and Zack won't have a hand in it. Uh, so, and they may wait to see how Wonder Woman goes and how the Justice League goes in general before they again say, well, now we're going to do Superman and we're going to do more Justice League. You know, if if it keeps going along kind of disappointingly, they may refigure their whole strategy. We'll, we'll, we'll have to find out. Yep, exactly. All right, so that's what's happening with the um, movie side of things. Uh, we move look now to TV news. And I think uh, we finished off our last podcast just before the release of Medusa, which was the um, what was the eighth episode of season two. It was billed as being part of that invasion crossover that was taking a place across the CW shows. It really wasn't as such. There were little tidbits here and there, just mainly that kind of um, portal that was trying to come through at certain periods in the episode that interrupted certain conversations and things. But all in all, uh, the actual ending of Medusa uh, ended up being reshown in the Flash episode, so that really you could have got away with not seeing uh, Medusa, as if you're interested in the crossover episodes. But Medusa itself was an episode that saw Helen Slater return as a guest star as Eliza Danvers. Uh, We saw um, the Thanksgiving whole thing of Alex trying to come out to her mother to let her know she's gay, We've got uh, Monel uh, with his feelings of, towards Kara, uh, and we've got James and Wynn trying to come out and reveal their a secret to Kara about uh, James being the Guardian. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Cadmus unleashes a virus called Medusa that instantly kills any aliens in the vicinity, and uh, Kara enlists the help of Lena Luthor to stop her mother, uh, Lillian Luthor, who is the head of Cadmus, in this whole um, nefarious um, plot that they've got underway. Yes, indeed. I love how they continue to continue the LL tradition with every single character. It's <laughs> Lena, it's Lillian, it's Lex. We we know Lex, and, you know, and on Smallville it was different names, but it was always LL. Uh, they did, I guess, talk about Lena on Smallville a bit, but uh, I kind of... Knew I knew, although I started to worry toward the end, middle-ish end of the episode, that maybe I was wrong about Lena. But I, 
had the feeling all along that she was setting up her mother. Mm. Uh, but I did, I did start to get a little nervous mm-hmm. when it seemed like it was, uh, <laughs> they were there and they were launching. So that, that, that seemed a little odd, but, uh, it was nice the way they, uh, held out as long as they could before revealing that. And I was glad that she was still on the, you know, light side since we're on the star Wars, uh, <laughs> you know, mashup thing. And I enjoyed the episode. I liked the uh, I liked how Eliza was clearly very motherly and loving and accepting, and there was no issue um, that that uh, she kind of already knew. And, and of course, it wasn't a problem about Alex. Mm. Yeah, I thought this episode wasn't necessarily the strongest of season two so far. It um, there are a few what I would consider to be plot holes or just. Uh, lapses in judgment, in in logic, actually. Um, this Kryptonian virus called Medusa, obviously the cyborg Superman uh, captures that from the Fortress of Solitude and puts it, brings it into play. But it, the the virus is designed to kill any aliens that obviously are not Kryptonian. But wouldn't Earthlings be considered aliens? to Kryptonians because they're not from Krypton. So why did the virus not affect any humans? Mm, that's a good question. You know, I didn't even, it didn't even occur to me. I, uh, you are right. You are correct. And was there a time when humans had been, yeah, because it was at the bar, right? Everybody in the bar died and there mm. were humans in there and they were fine. Uh, I was going to say the virus doesn't really get off the ground because they stop it before it does. But, uh, but there were humans in the bar, and and they were not affected. And Hank Henshaw himself is human, so yeah. he he also would have been affected. Yes, if they didn't cover that, or if they didn't say that, and and why would Kryptonians care to specifically protect Earth humans hmm. when they didn't necessarily, probably didn't even know about them? So yeah, that is a bit of a uh, unless a, a plot hole unless Cadmus you know, fiddled with the, the, the virus in some way to engineer it so that it wouldn't hurt humans. That wasn't said, but it just, you know, uh, seemed a little bit odd in, in the court, like it pulled me out of the episode at the time. But, uh, huh. you know, anyway, the um, the episode was a weird one in and the timing of, of, you know, the whole invasion thing. And, they you know, it, it, Medusa was one of, I think, was the highest rated uh, Supergirl episode since it's been on the CW. It even rated higher than the premiere. And that was because of all the promos they'd done and everything about the combination with these, this and the next three episodes for the Invasion crossover. And, and that's great that the uh, the ratings were so high, but I just wa- worry that people who came over from, say, The Flash, Arrow or DC Legends who may not have been watching Supergirl... Was this the best episode to introduce them to Supergirl? You know, and not only wasn't it maybe the strongest episode story-wise, but the timing of it being the season mid-season finale. Like, if you say, "Oh yeah, I, I like Supergirl. This is great." Oh, I have to wait another month and a half or whatever before another episode comes out. I might forget about it. Kind of, it just seemed an odd timing to do this big crossover invasion uh, when you're trying to bring new people to each of the four shows. Now, there's a couple of errors here that I didn't really think about until now that you're bringing it up, which is why we do this in tandem and not as our just by ourselves. You know, you come up with some good points there and we can go back and forth a lot better. Uh, Now that you say all of that, it doesn't really make a lot of sense unless this was going to be a really slam bang episode. And I think the intent was 
that this was a really huge threat that was going to kill a significant portion of the population. Mm. And 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 all mutants or mutant aliens, I guess, aliens were in trouble from this. So stopping a big giant virus that that was that that, you know, is a huge threat. So the idea that every other alien on the planet was going to die. And in Kara's world, we have seen that the planet is heavily populated with aliens, unlike the Flash and Arrow universe, where uh, an alien, if has happened at all, has been very, very rare. It's mostly metahumans, and it's people affected by the accelerator explosion. Mm-hmm. And on, on, on Arrow, I guess it was mainly just criminals and people who are highly trained, and occasionally you have a magic person. But as far as aliens, anybody coming over from those shows had been fooled. They had been misled, I believe. And it bothered me because they made a big deal about it being a four-part crossover. Now, you could take that not literally and say, well, it was characters from all four shows. Therefore, it was a four-show crossover. So, yes, it was. But it was not a four-episode crossover other than those little bits. Kara had very little to do in her own episode that had anything to do with the crossover. And she had very little to do in the three remaining episodes that had that had that, that that had her really involved, and I think the reason that happened was because uh, they don't really know what to do with her, which is why they wrote her into another universe to begin with. Because she's so powerful, if they don't sideline her, which they have Ollie do at one point, then she really could just handle this whole thing by herself. I also thought it was a little odd that um, they re-showed the same scene when they could have used that time for something else, but then they figured, well. Maybe people won't be won't have watched Supergirl, and we want to see how she got here, mm. and hopefully that'll make them want to go watch Supergirl after that. I get that they're trying to, you know, when you do a crossover like this, just like in books, you're trying to get people to read books or watch a show that they don't normally watch. Yeah. So, so people who love the superhero shows on the CW, but maybe didn't tune into Supergirl on 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 CBS, or people who don't watch Legends or whatever. They're trying to get them to tune into all of them to get the whole story. Mm-hmm. So I think it, there should have been a better job done on Supergirl to really have it included in the multi-episode arc and therefore then get people to want to continue watching that character. So I think you're right when you say that this wasn't the best episode to maybe get those crossover viewers to continue watching going forward. If it had been a really strong and I didn't mind the episode at the time. I think it was more about emotional connection yeah. and the way the characters acted toward one another than it was necessarily about plot. But having a plot hole that is seemingly that large and you have to kind of make up the idea that maybe Cadmus fixed it so it wouldn't hurt humans unless we missed a line somewhere, that is kind of a huge... And if people, if other people notice that, they might say, well, this show's dumb. I'm not going to watch this. Uh, although... I'm sure Flash and Arrow and Legends have had plenty of plot holes oh, and silly sure. things of their own. So a lot of times people don't think as, of comic books or comic book shows or movies as being the strongest written shows. And that's unfortunate. We're strongest written movies, and that's unfortunate. But I think the action and the entertainment value of the crossover, which we're going to get into now a little bit, uh, might still get people to tune in. The problem they might have with Supergirl, as I said, is... They didn't really use her that well in the crossover, and they might kind of say, ah, Supergirl's kind of lame. I'm not really going to watch that because uh, they did show her in the one cool scene where she was taking everybody out and they couldn't stop her when they were all training with her. Mm. So that was good. But, uh, yeah, the, the, the Medusa part being a part of the four episode was a big mistake to begin with because it wasn't. 
And as you say, uh, you said a couple of plot holes. I don't know if there were others that you wanted to bring up. Well, I just felt that, um, and maybe it was just a um, a victim of its own timing, but um, the Cyborg Superman storyline was wrapped up you know, quite neatly with a little bow. Um, the Cadmus thing was kind of all wrapped up. You know, Lillian's captured, and it's all kind of... And I guess that's... It needs that needed to happen if Supergirl is actually going to go off and fight on another universe in another alternate Earth, then she can't leave behind all these unsolved uh, uh, areas in her own world. You know, it would be very irresponsible of her to leave when Cadmus is at its prime, when Cyborg Superman is still out there, when you know um, there's all these threats that are still uh, hanging over uh, National City. But um, so I guess they had to tie up all those kinds of. Uh, storylines so that they could do their mid-season finale, allow Supergirl to go off on the invasion crossover and then move into the second half of the year where we're going to obviously have uh, whatever's happening with Monel and, you know, those um, people that are looking for him and all that kind of thing uh, take place in the second season, second half of season two. Every time you mention Cyborg Superman, I, I realise how much I hate the idea of it on this show <laughs> because every time he shows up he, there comes a point in the conversation where he has to say i'm cyborg <laughs> superman and there is nothing about this character other than cyborg superman was originally hank henshaw that has anything to do with cyborg superman mm. there's no superman connection at all nor cyborg. should there be uh, because this character had nothing to do with superman he's uh, that we know of no he had a problem with you know, Martian Manhunter, there was an issue, there was something going on, but why does he suddenly start calling himself that, and why does he say it every single time he's in a battle <laughs> with somebody, just out of nowhere for no reason? Um, so that's, uh, you know, he's a cyborg, as you say, and I guess they don't want to just say, I'm a cyborg, but how about just don't say anything? How about just wait until you get to the point where it's important that it's cyborg Superman, or where he somehow meshes with a Superman uniform, or something before you even worry about it and then don't you don't have to say i'm cyborg super <laughs> people wouldn't say that it just doesn't you know darth vader doesn't walk around going i'm darth vader every time he gets into any kind of a, a battle with anybody batman know? does well I'm batman. Really. I, 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 yes well that's kind of an ongoing joke yeah, but, i know i know but uh yeah it's it's it's, it's very out of place it's it jarring like you say that the virus took you out of the show because it didn't make any sense, that it didn't affect humans. Every time somebody says something like that, uh, it bothers me. But um, And I can't even see why he's calling himself that anyway, regardless of the fact that he's going to say, I'm Bob! Like if he just his name was Bob and he just kept <laughs> saying his name over and over again, it would be just as dumb. But now we got a character that's called Cyborg Superman. And if I was watching and I did not know anything about the comics... I would say, why is he Cyborg Superman again? What what does he have anything to do with? Like, anybody that's coming to this show and doesn't know, why would anybody think he'd call himself that? So the, there's there are some weaknesses there in the whole idea of that that don't make any sense to me. And I before when they announced it was happening, before they started doing it, I said, well, why would there be a Cyborg Superman when Superman's not really doesn't have anything to do with this show? I mean, mm. he's on it suddenly, but but. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, there's no connection. No connection yeah, between so, him and uh, Hank Henshaw. You know. But uh, all in all, but, Supergirl is still a very strong show. Still enjoying it. Uh, season two has been pretty good so far. 
Uh, we are in the mid-season And I break. think it had the highest ratings, again, because yes. it was supposed to be part of the crossover. And so people tuned in that weren't already tuning in. And then they're going to be disappointed. So then you're going to lose them possibly permanently because they tuned in on a false pretense that it was really something they needed to watch in order to watch the crossover. And you got everybody excited. And then ultimately you let them down with an episode that had nothing to do with it other than the most rudimentary connections. Exactly. Well, let's talk about Invasion, the big crossover that took place between... Uh, all three episodes were titled Invasion. There was The Flash, Arrow, and DC Legends of Tomorrow. Um, the, the Flash brings Supergirl over to their Earth because there is an alien invasion of these Dominators who... Uh, you know, had been here before, had come back now. There's, uh, you know, the, the, their name, Dominators, is obviously mm-hmm. indicative of the fact that they're, uh, you know, not friendly. Um, Supergirl's involvement in this was, as you say, she was sidelined at one stage by Oliver, which just didn't seem, uh, you know, uh, smart. Uh, there was that period that you mentioned of them training against Supergirl, saying, look, you know, if we're going to test ourselves against some powerful aliens, then let's use the one that's at our disposal. And uh, she was really toying with them, and they had real no uh, answer to her power uh, set. So, um, look, all in all, I enjoyed all three episodes. I thought it was fun to see all these characters interact. There were some side, you know, stories that kind of fit within the context of their own um you know, uh, seasons. The Arrow one, I was a little bit lost at first because I don't watch Arrow, but, you know, I understood that it was almost like um, the Black Mercy, you know, in the Supergirl episode where they were all imagining their lives, you know, the way they could have been or, or might be. And uh, I didn't think it was smart on the behalf of the Dominators to actually put them all in the same timeline or the same dream world because then they could help each other out where if they weren't in the same uh, dream world, they wouldn't interact with each other and wouldn't have figured it out. They would have just con- probably gone along in blissful ignorance. But uh, look, all in all, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a, it was fun to see all these characters together. And I think that's what you want from these crossovers is fun. Yeah, I, I did think it was fun. Um, I was very disappointed, as I said, in, in, in Kara's involvement. And I think that if you're the Flash and you, and you come through another dimension because you think you need Kara, it seems like it should have been, there should have been some important reason why she needed to be a part of it. Really, the biggest thing she did was come over and try to kill them when they all got mind-controlled and then stand there while they all got knocked over. She didn't really do anything that seemed like she needed to be a part of this crossover other than, you know, to use an old axiom, to sell toys. I know that's not really what they wanted to do, but Mm. they wanted to get ratings. So they wanted to have all the shows involved, but I don't know that the writing held up to the promise of what it was supposed to be. I will say at the same time that I thought arrow was the best episode. uh, If not legends of the overall uh, legends was the best one of the crossover, the best inclusion of the aliens with the characters from each show. Mm Mm-hmm. And it finally brought them all together, and Kara did run around with the Flash and put the things. I thought she was misused because I thought it seemed to me to make the most sense to have her fly up there and just throw the bomb into space, as opposed to taking all that time for a guy who may or may not be able to turn the thing into water, uh, because he's never done that before. Mm. And I did mention not too long ago that Firestorm has that transmutation 
power that they haven't really tapped into. And for this to be the first time that they're going to give something a shot when it really could destroy the entire world seems to be the wrong way to go. Suddenly, uh, well, we're going to stay down here and you go handle that. And hmm. if you can't, then we all die. Um, so I think that Supergirl herself might have said, why don't I just go up there? Or maybe she just would have went up there. And then if she was up there and she was flying it up into space, but maybe some dominators hit her or something, then then maybe Firestorm could have come and helped. And then as she was pushing it away, it would have turned to water and then it would have been fine. I think the use of her to run around putting those tags on dominators was kind of overkill. And it was kind of like unnecessary at any other point. Barry would have run around and done that, and uh, they wanted to use her because she was there, but they also wanted Firestorm to be the one who turned the bomb into something harmless. So I think that that, again, was a a thing that didn't make a lot of sense to me, that that's the way they decided to go. Uh, it also seemed weird that when she left, there wasn't a hug or anything, but but it, but it was it wasn't because they did the hug before that. They were all happy that they won and everything mm. was fine. So they hugged each other and he apologized to Kara, but then they went to commercial. And then when they came back, she just walked into the portal and didn't say anything else. And they were standing there. So it, that was a little out of place. But I, I thought for each respective show, I thought the Arrow episode and it was it was the hundredth episode of Arrow. So it brought back some characters. You, you said you don't watch it, but it was the best of its own show. Mm-hmm. Um and 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 Legends was the best of the overall story arc, I thought, where they handled it. You know, the Dominators were involved because in the Arrow episode, the Dominators, they were kind of an off-screen presence until the very end, mm. and it was really more about reminiscing and seeing people that hadn't been on the Arrow for a while. So if you don't watch Arrow, it almost was like you didn't need to watch that to watch the crossover, except for the end. So I thought it was used badly. The Barry episode was good because it introduced them. Legends was great because it, it wrapped it up well, and overall, I thought Supergirl was used poorly. Yeah, no, I I, pro, I agree with your summation there. I think um, each episode used its own characters to the fullest, or you know, brought them to the forefront. Obviously, you know, the Flash and everything was pretty uh, big in setting everything up. Uh, as you said, Arrow concentrated on its own characters and its own world, and then Legends of Tomorrow wrapped everything up, but used its own characters to be the saviors, as you said, with Firestorm being the one to turn it into water and that. So I guess that was the focus of each episode was to make sure that their own characters were um, front and centre and Supergirl kind of got left by the wayside a little bit because none of those three shows were her own show. So um, a little bit disappointing from a Supergirl point of view, but all in all, uh, totally love the Invasion crossover. It was it's so great to be able to be in a time when these things can happen on, on TV and that we can sit and enjoy them. Absolutely, and, and hopefully um, maybe next time she'll be more included. I thought it was very odd that they gave her a device that allowed her to tap into their universe any time. And I, felt, I, I found it odd, not because they wouldn't want to do that as characters, but because it doesn't seem like the writers know how to handle that as writers because they're afraid that she'd overpower everybody and then everybody else wouldn't be needed, which has been a longstanding complaint about Superman in general, mm-hmm. that he's far too powerful to be teamed up with other people and it doesn't make any sense. And to a degree, I can understand that because every time they team him up with Batman or put him against Batman or put him in a situation where you know, a recent comic has him fighting 
uh, what is it, dead friggin' uh, Deathstroke, uh, <laughs> a guy with a sword, it doesn't make any sense. So they come up with some way for it to happen, but then each time you go, okay, so Superman's not that great. A guy with a sword is going to fight him now. Um, so that's been a long-standing issue, and a lot of writers and fans say he's too powerful. That's what makes Superman lame. And so in this case, you see why these writers were handcuffed and it made Supergirl seem lame while all the other characters were doing really cool stuff and participating in battles and, and there was some danger and it was exciting. Had Supergirl been a part from the beginning, it wouldn't have been as scary. It wouldn't have been as dangerous. And But then you go, but Supergirl's standing there. Why doesn't she – why don't they include her and then therefore end this threat much sooner? And that's the problem you run into when you have a shared universe and you have really – the same kind of thing should have happened in Civil War and yet didn't, but nobody complained about it. When you have a character like Vision, none of the other heroes matter, and none of them should be able to have a battle. When they're running against each other in the airport tarmac and Vision is there, it's over. It's done. The battle's finished. But yet somehow they had a battle where individual humans were punching each other, and Vision could do whatever he wants. So. It's the same kind of thing here, and they didn't know what to do. So I felt it weird that the writers would kind of back themselves into that corner, although they never have to use it, but give her that, because that means that now anytime she can come, but it's going to be a writing problem every time. Mm. So Well, I think they've got it. a Supergirl Flash episode already in the pipeline for the second half of season two, so I guess that you know, uh, solves that problem of how do they get the two together. As to the why and, and how, and I mean, we know the how, but we don't know the why of it all. So, and I guess if anybody's going to cross over with Supergirl and be able to uh, stand on a level playing field in some way, it's going to be the Flash. You wouldn't do any of the DC, uh, any of the Arrow or DC Legends of Tomorrow characters necessarily because they have their limitations where I think the Flash with the speed and everything is, you know, uh, a more of a match for uh, a Supergirl crossover episode. Right. And I thought the Supergirl episode where the Flash came over uh, was a really great episode. Yeah. You thought it was a little uh, sappy. Uh, I kind of liked that about it, and it, it made me teary. And and, and uh, as a grown man crying over a superhero show, <laughs> uh, I, I was okay with it. But um, when you try to put them in with everybody else, uh, everybody's always going to question uh, well, shouldn't this be a lot easier once you add Supergirl into the mix? Mm. Uh, the crossover with Flash last season made a lot more sense. There was a reason, there was a rhyme, there was a purpose, and he was needed just as well as she was, whereas in this case, it seemed like they went to a lot of trouble to bring her over and yet didn't really use her that well. Mm. All right, well, let's look forward to future Supergirl episodes. And I saw a report that Mr. Mixius Pitlick, the imp from the fifth dimension, is set to make an appearance on Supergirl in upcoming uh, in two upcoming episodes. There's supposed to be a two-episode um, uh, expectation for him to be involved. Um, I think that came about because some actors accidentally leaked, or when I say accidentally, I'm using inverted commas here, their um, audition tapes uh, or audition videos were leaked online, and uh, that's how people kind of found out about it. And so there is expected to be a two-episode uh, Mr. Mixia's Pitlick crossover with Supergirl later in season two, which I love Mixie. I don't know how they're going to do it. It'll probably be a lot of fun. And I think the Supergirl series is primed for you know a bit of fun like Mixie brings along. Well, I think you and Michael both 
really love the way they handled the character on Smallville. So oh. <laughs> let's hope that they <laughs> let's hope that they go that route. Oh boy, the exchange student from Russia or wherever he's from. Yeah. Yes, with crazy uh, powers that really weren't that much like uh, Mixius Pitalik anyway. But uh, obviously, I'm being facetious. Hopefully, they will um, do something. You know, I Lois and Clark is hard to get behind because of its corniness and campiness. But I enjoyed the cast. I enjoyed a lot of the episodes. I enjoyed a lot of the ideas and. I thought Howie Mandel, even though he's not much like the Mixias Pitlick we look at, I thought the way they handled him as being this mischievous imp at a, in a Christmas episode was, was kind of a fun way to handle a, generally a pretty silly character. Mm. So that's what's happening with Supergirl. Looking forward, um, it returns, I think, in mid-January, late January, so keep an eye on the schedules for the return of Supergirl Season 2 on the CW. But in the meantime, you lucky fans in the US and the UK, or the UK have been for a while now, uh, and some other places in the world, are enjoying Justice League action, the new animated series on Cartoon Network. The premiere was just this past week, I think, in the US, and now on Saturday mornings you'll be able to continue doing, to enjoy new episodes of this animated series. And from the clips that I've seen online, it looks like a f- lot of fun. Superman seems to be heavily involved in a lot of them. And um, I, I, I'm so glad that we've got Superman and the Justice League and these DC characters back in animated form on our TVs in a show that looks like it understands these characters. Well, I like that Superman's front and center as well. It does seem like... Uh, he's being uh, used importantly. You know, it's the three of them, Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman. But I've seen a lot of promotional materials which has him right in the front or right in the center. And I've seen, the, you know, the first several episodes, Superman is a central player in them. So is Batman in a, in a couple of his own. So, uh, so far, I'm pretty happy with the way they're handling the use of Superman and the fairness in the characters. It was great. A lot of people loved when Justice League became Justice League Unlimited, and we got to see lots of other heroes that maybe we don't see as much highlighted more often. And I think I think a lot of that's going to happen on this show, but it's a much smaller cast. So, so it's going to be nice to see in these kind of shorter episodes, I think it'll give each and every character more time to shine more often. Mm. So I'm looking forward to, to finally when it airs here in Australia. There is no scheduled date uh, for that, but uh, the clips that are available online through Cartoon Network's UK uh, channel and and Cartoon Network in the US uh, look fantastic. I saw one just uh, the other day that uh, involved uh, a, a video game battle between Superman and Batman, but uh, Superman used his S as a cellophane thing that he threw and wrapped Batman in the video game, which was uh, no, a nice nod no. to Superman too. No. no. It was a joke. Whoever's writing it doesn't realize that that's not a power he doesn't have. No, they but, do. Uh, they, if you've seen the clip, it, it's played as a joke. It's just in the video game version of this fight, which oh, um, okay. it's uh, it's played for laughs. It's not obviously not one of Superman's powers, and even the cyborg who's playing goes, hey, Superman doesn't have that power. Oh, okay. Well, did you, uh, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Did you actually watch them? Uh, for a short time, it seemed that they were available online, but then they went away. 
there were three episodes that were leaked online illegally. Um, the first three episodes because they'd been air, they'd aired in the UK already. Someone had obviously recorded them and posted them online, but then Warner Brothers uh, slapped them on the wrist and removed those offline. Uh, but there are little snippets out there of, of the various episodes that are officially released that you can watch. But um, no, I haven't seen uh, full episodes uh, other than what was released or what was leaked online. Um, but um, yeah, so they they have removed the full episodes from being online. I'm sure there are probably places where you can find them, but they're not officially released. Uh, I see. All right. Well, I haven't watched mine yet. I haven't recorded. I I wanted to uh, get the girls together and try to watch them with my daughters. Um, It's always hard to nail them down and hard to convince them to watch something, uh, especially something superhero. But they'd rather be watching um, these crazy people on YouTube doing (laughs) playing video games and doing who knows what. But uh, hopefully I can get them to sit down and and because it does seem like a show that's more geared to the Teen Titans Go audience, mm. but, but with more of a an actual storyline where they're really heroes. So I, I think it could be good, and I think they might enjoy it, but i got to convince them to actually sit down, and, sit down and watch it. Yeah, fair enough. All right, now we spoke about crossovers. Uh, there was talk uh, in uh, – well, it was revealed by Jackson Stewart – who was a production assistant on the TV series Supernatural, that at one point in time back in the day, there was talk of doing a crossover with Smallville. He says there was a lot of really cool ideas that some of the writers had. They had an episode where they really wanted to do a Superman curse that was about every actor who plays Superman ends up getting killed. So they find out that Tom Welling from Smallville is next and have to save him. He says, I think that was one of the funniest ideas that I'd heard. Obviously, it never happened. Um, but uh, Jensen Ackles uh, was on Smallville. He was uh, the assistant football coach, Jason Teague, at Clark's High School. Uh, and it would have been interesting, I think, if the timing was you know, uh, after that, to d- explain why Dean Winchester looked a lot like Jason Teague. <laughs> that, that would have been fun. <laughs> well, it's kind of weird, speaking of plot holes, uh, that they would suddenly on Smallville announced that Tom Welling is an actor that is now in line to inherit the Superman curse <laughs> when, you know, on, you know, from Smallville's story point of view, he was Superman. It was real. It wasn't that he was an actor playing. So I'm mm. not really sure if this guy's on the level or if he really uh, is just making this up or if that was really an idea that was happening or if the idea at all was happening, that there was going to be a crossover. If he's being tongue in cheek, I'm not sure, but I disagree with him that that would have been fun in the spirit of Smallville as it was. I can't see how that would have worked. Well, see, the thing with Supernatural, and I'm a big fan of the show and have watched it for all of its, and it's continuing now for like its 11th, 12th season or something, is that they do these episodes where they pull themselves out of, and uh, the actors, uh, uh, well, the characters are in a world where they're themselves as actors, and but they don't know that they're the actors, and they're shooting a, an episode of Supernatural, uh, but they're the characters, they're not the actors, but if you get what I'm saying. So they do this, you know, they break the fourth wall and they pull themselves out, and they're shooting an episode of Supernatural, but they're not the actors, they're the real guys, don't know why they're, they're shooting a TV series, and you know, they think their life was real. So, um, you know, it, 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 they do all these quirky things that... Uh, 
that are sometimes a lot of fun. But so they may have been playing it so that it was them filming Smallville and that Tom Welling was Tom Welling playing Clark Kent, not Clark Kent himself. Well, that makes sense in terms of what they do on Supernatural, but doesn't that then ruin every other episode where it is serious or where it is real or where they are? Uh, because then you know that it's fake somehow and that they're not really the people that they say they are. Uh, well, I guess you have to watch the show to see how that's played out because they do. Uh, there's alternate realities and things like that that you know we're, we're talking about them shooting, uh, killing demons and aliens. Uh, sorry, no, uh, angels and uh, going to heaven. And uh, they did an episode where um, there was um, uh, the Yellow Brick Road and um, Dorothy and all these kinds of things. That um, it's a it's a fun show, but yeah, in 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 context of what it is. It, it would have been fun to, to see how they would have done it, but uh, it probably was one of those ideas that someone tossed out that they never really thought of or never really planned to any great extent, but it was just one of those ideas that uh, caught someone's imagination and really when you think about it and try to nut it out as a script, probably wouldn't have worked. No, all right. Oh, wait a minute. Look at this. This just in. Uh... Coming uh, just in time for Christmas, the actual Smallville super, Supernatural crossover. I see here it's going to happen. They're in the middle of uh, finishing up the final touches. And it uh, looks like we're going to see it uh, on the 23rd here, coming up in just a few days. There you go. <laughs> oh, awesome. All right. Um, there and it, Well, just quickly, when he said, oh, look, breaking news, you scared me because there is some talk about a Justice League trailer or footage or something coming out from Zack Snyder um, before the end of the month. So um, if, uh, you know, if that's true, we may see something um, very soon. But um, watch this space, I guess. That seems like it would be unusual. We're quite a while away, and uh, I think people were rumoring that it was going to happen with Star Wars, the Rogue One movie, but... Um, no, it didn't happen. I don't know that there is a trailer, but if, if Zach himself has hinted at it, then I guess it's possible. Yeah, I guess it is possible. All right, well, that's uh, TV stuff uh, that we've got to talk about. Um, have you managed to uh, check out any of the comic books? Uh, do we want to get into talking about some of the comic books, or um, will I just kind of give a, a brief sum summation of what we have seen this past month? You can go ahead. I'll uh, I'll I'll take it all in. Okay. Well, we saw a an annual um, at a uh, Superman annual released uh, last month. Um, it, it's these annuals. I don't know when they seem to come out towards the end of the year, but um, this one had uh, Superman um, coming up against Swamp Thing. Um, it was a story that I felt didn't really need an annual. They, it seemed like it was a self-contained story that um, fit within what's going on within the current continuity of the Superman book. Um, but why it needed to be an annual, I don't know. I didn't really check the, the page count to see if, if there was any um, extra pages that uh, re required something like an annual. Um, or this is just the thing, like, hey, we've got to do an annual, let's make this issue the annual itself. Uh, it was written by Peter J. Tomasi and Patrick Gleason and uh, George Jimenez, was, or Jorge Jimenez, was the uh, the artist on board, and the, 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 these are the regular guys. But um, it pretty much saw um, Swamp Thing coming, saying that uh, you know Superman is uh, a, a disturbance in nature because he's not from this earth, and therefore he's um, you know kind of everything that's around him in his area is dying off and. 
Um, well, look, the Swamp Thing comes along and there's a bit of a discussion and a bit of a disagreement, as there usually is between heroes and, and characters. And then um, Superman kind of... It, it's all resolved by the end of the issue and Superman embraces the green and he's set free with a new understanding of his life and his home here on this version of Earth. Well, I guess if it's a port, an important story point that after however long it's been since rebirth, only a couple of months, um, that that he's coming to a new understanding of what it means that he's here, uh, I, I guess that was kind of more important than just having it be in a book that was a one-off, even though this is a one-off. Uh, it's kind of more integral to the mythology, I guess, based on what it sounds like you're mm-hmm, saying, mm-hmm. Uh, that, that he has a greater understanding now of what's going on. But um, but I, I, I saw this in the store when I was in New York the other day, and I had a credit at Midtown Comics. So uh, I, I being as far behind as I am because I became disheartened with the franchise, I uh, thought I could buy this and that it was a standalone because I saw when I opened it that Swamp Thing was on was in it. And uh, I thought maybe it was a separate story by itself that did not tie into uh, current storylines. And I, I didn't get around to reading it, but I, I have it. Mm. Well, it, it does fit in with the current continuity. So it isn't standalone as such. It does have ties in with what's been going on. Uh, in the main Superman title. And speaking of which, number 12 also came out uh, at the beginning of December. And in this one, this is focused a little bit more on Lois. Um, not only has she gone back to, as we know, um, you know, uh, going back to the Daily Planet or gone to the Daily Planet to try to figure out what happened with uh, the current or this Earth's Lois Lane, but she's also uh, going into the Hamilton Horn, Hamilton being the county that. Uh, her and Clark and Jonathan live in, and their newspaper there. She's uh, wanted to try to uh, get a job there at that newspaper. And uh, the editor, Candice, uh, she has an interview with her. But uh, they are interrupted by the, uh, this, the DC Universe version of Frankenstein, who is uh, chasing them uh, in pursuit of the two women. Uh, Lois thinks that maybe it's because of her, but... We work out and we find out that it's actually Candice, the Hamilton Horn editor, who is not as human as she makes out she is, and therefore Frankenstein is after her, and um, I guess this will be continued in Superman number 13. Is this Agent of Shade, Frankenstein? That's correct. Ah, interesting. Yes, so um, that is an ongoing storyline. That's part one of a storyline titled Sinister Purpose, and I always enjoy when they, uh, you know, do a story about Lois Lane and her life and what's going on with her. And you know, Superman does get it does intervene and um, you know tries to to help them. Uh, but um, it's uh, more of a Lois Lane story, and I, I, I like to focus on Lois in this particular aspect. All right, very good. Now the other comic book that we can discuss is uh, just was just released recently, and that was Action Comics nine hundred and sixty nine. And this is part three of the Men of Steel storyline where uh, Lex Luthor has uh, been attacked, and in this case been abducted by these, um, uh, what are they calling themselves, Um, God Slayers. Uh, They're uh, um, an alien race who, from a distant galaxy, who um, have some foresight into the future, I guess, because they believe that Lex Luthor is going to take on the mantle of Darkseid 
and will kill thousands and millions of people and therefore they're um, being uh, decided to um, get Lex now before he becomes the big despo that they in, I think he will be and, um, and execute him before he can do the great evil that he's supposed to do. But Lex uh, argues his point and is trying to, um, you know, uh, stop them from killing him uh, before, you know, he's saying, you can't, you know, execute me for something I haven't done yet. You know, the future isn't written. And they're going, no, we know what the future is. And so there's all this, this big argument and Superman's trying to find where Lex has been taken so that even against his own personal ideas about Lex, he wants to save him because, you know, he, you can't just kill someone for something they haven't done yet. Well, that sounds like a Superman reaction. So that's, uh, that's good. That's mm. in line. Uh, can we just stop the, the, the pretense that action comics is somehow different than Superman, which yes, action comics was first and was around a little bit longer, but we were in the seven hundreds or whatever, nine sixty nine versus 12. Why does one have to stay in the nine hundreds and the other gets restarted at number one every two years? Uh, can we just, I don't know. It's, it <laughs> bothers me every time I see it that we're at Superman 12, but we're somehow magically at Action Comics 969. And if it is Action Comics 969, then Superman should be in the numbers that they were in, too. And I don't I don't understand. You know, you could say, well, this is the Rebirth version of Superman, but then so is Action Comics the Rebirth version of Superman. And I know everybody was up in arms that we stopped the numbers and we were going to reach 1,000, but it either is or it isn't, so they both should be. Well, I guess the problem is that Superman has been restarted a number of times uh, when the John Byrne era, uh, there was a new Superman one there in 86. And so, um, you know, you the, the numbering, you know, restarted from them, from then where Action Comics didn't restart at that point when the rebir- when the post-crisis era started. So uh, Action Comics... It was the was same a- character then too. Yeah. So the story still continued in Action Comics, but it was the new guy, the new rebirth, just like it is now. Yep. And but, yet, yeah. So Superman had the number. Superman title has been restarted a number of times. Where only Action Comics had only been restarted um, at the New Fifty Two point, and everyone said, "No, no, 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 you don't do that with Action Comics." Okay, you've done it before with Superman. We can accept that, but you shouldn't do that with Action Comics because that's the that's the beginning. That's where DC Comics started. <sighs> okay. <laughs> that's my that's my thought behind it anyway. But uh, I, I understand what I you're saying. What it's, I, but what it is, is it is it is imaginary feelings about a book that's a piece of paper that's about a character that is not real, that that has appeared in many different forms, in many different styles, and in many different titled books. And if we're saying that it's from the time he started, then all the books started when they started. And if we're saying that it's from the time of the reboot, then Action Comics would be included in that too. But since it isn't, everybody was up in arms when they finally did include it, so they gave it back. But then they, only a couple of years later, restarted all the other books. So it's just very, it just seems very out of place that one should be while the other shouldn't. And I understand that you're saying that was the original, but then Superman was the original when it first started as well. It's it's this thought process that it's it's some sort of imaginary numbering system that has anything to do with anything as opposed to it's the same book, 
but with a different version of the character each time. So let's keep the numbers going. Or it's the same book, but with a different version of the characters. So let's have a different numbering system each time, but not one, but not the other. Or do whatever you want. I guess. <laughs> I guess that's what they are who doing. Am I? They're doing who, whatever who am they I? want. Who am I? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's where we're at with the current Superman comic books. Uh, looking at 2016 as a whole, we had our Shield Awards. Uh, the Shield Awards are the Superman homepage indicators of excellence in literature and design. That's what Shield stands for. Uh, it's an acronym that we came up with. That, but the, the Shield Awards give you the fans, or gave you the fans, the opportunity to vote for um, Superman comic books with a 2016 cover date, Superman-related movies, TV shows, and merchandise that had been released in 2016. Uh, in going and in voting uh, for the Shield Awards, there were 15 categories which involved the Supergirl TV series as well. You got to go into the run for a chance to win a, a prize pack consisting of the Batman v Superman Ultimate Cut on Blu-ray and the first complete first season of Supergirl on DVD. Uh, Michael Ho was our winner of that prize, so congratulations to him. But I was really impressed with the uh, with the results of this. Um, Dan Jurgens was a big winner. Action Comics was a big winner. Uh, people obviously liked the Rebirth era of, of the comic books because they were voted fairly highly. Um, the, Tyler Hoechlin or Hecklin's involvement in Supergirl was obviously a very uh, prominent and popular choice because those episodes or the, the premiere episode of season two of Supergirl was uh, voted the best episode of the year. Uh, obviously, Melissa Benoist won her category for best regular actor in the Supergirl TV series. And Tyler Hecklin won best supporting cast member uh, as for his portrayal as Superman. So uh, thank you to everyone who was involved in the Shield Awards for 2016. Your voting helped us um, uh, get those results. And they've been passed on to the people involved. I saw uh, guys like uh, Dan Jurgens and... Um, and uh, some of the Supergirl people retweet some of the results that they were uh, part of and for the the um, awards that they won. So it's obviously something that they take great pride in, and we're uh, happy to have brought that again. This is our 16th annual Shield Awards. Awesome. It's nice to hear people participating and, and people being involved and that they uh, that they, that even the people who are the winners are, are happy about it and uh it's great to see. Yeah, so uh, that was the Shield Awards for 2016. Now we look ahead to 2017, and um, it's there's a lot to look forward to in 2017. The comic books are still going high. They're still selling really well. We've got new episodes of Supergirl with Season 2, the second half of Season, season 2 to look forward to. We've got uh, you know big things happening in the movies with the, the Justice League film out in November, but before that we've got Wonder Woman. Uh, on the TV front, we've got new episodes of Justice League action. Obviously, that will kick in. Uh, there's so much to look forward to in 2017. Hopefully, it continues to be a good year for Superman fans. Yeah, I mean, certainly Supergirl fans, and we'll see what happens with the Justice League film, though it's been rumored he's uh, Superman himself is only going to be a minor part of that movie and possibly uh, appear in the third half or th uh, the final third of the movie. Um, so, I mean, hopefully he makes a big impact and his return is, is, is well received and, and it, it's, uh, it's important and, uh, and moving forward with the films he's, he is used as a, as a big figure in, in the front line of, of DC's film universe. 
Uh, other than that, I'm really enjoying Supergirl, and and I I plan to going forward. It's the most probably the most emotional of the CEW shows, and it's uh, that's I think that's its strength. Even if sometimes it does seem to get a little sappy, and maybe some people might say they don't want to watch it because it's a show with a girl lead and it's emotional or it's sappy or whatever. I think that's its strength. I think it's very it's got a lot of heart and it's got a lot of emotion involved. And yes, there is a, uh, there's always an A plot with a villain of some kind and action and it's got great effects and she flies around all the time. And I don't really think it's lost a step in the effects department at all moving nah. from CB, CBS to CW. So I think it's holding really well and I hope the ratings uh, stay high where they were. I, even though we have a little doubt with the way they handled the final episode, uh, but we'll see, you know, going forward and, and hopefully it, it remains a strong contender in the CW lineup because I, I do think it's a really heart filled show. I agree. So uh, looking forward to 2017. As far as the Superman homepage is concerned, we continue to push forward. Uh, 2016 was a big year for us because we relaunched the website with a new look and a new structure and everything. And that's been a positive change. So uh, we look forward to 2017 being just as big a year for us. Uh, it will be what it's, we've been online since 1994, so we're you know well into our mid 20s now, or, or just early 20s. So uh, we keep pushing forward. Awesome! It's been a long time, but now it's time for the big question. Let's start with the big question. Last month's question was, what did you like best about the Fortnite Invasion TV crossover between Supergirl, The Flash, Arrow, and DC's Legends of Tomorrow? Guile Sauvignon wrote, it was okay, but not as excellent as I expected. I can't really put my little finger on it, but it was missing something, some magic. Like, for example, Kara could have brought Superman to help. The ending was also in a way, way too quick. The aliens were kind of easy to beat. Anyway, it was fun, and you can see who is really the leader in the Arrowverse, and it is Oliver Queen. To you both, all your family, and all your listeners, a Merry Christmas from the headquarters of Santa Claus, Canada! <laughs> Thanks, Giles. I <laughs> uh, really appreciate your response there. We only had one other response, and that was from Henry Bernstein, who wrote, I loved how seriously Supergirl was treated as both a leader and a serious threat to the Dominators. I continue to love the dynamic between, between her and Barry, which portrays true admiration, respect, and friendship. I loved how the rest of Team Flash Arrow felt the same about her. I thought the tension they created with Ollie's initial mistrust was played out well, and I thought the party and hug fest at the end was a perfect way to wrap things up. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it, Henry, and um, continue to, uh, to watch the shows moving forward. Oh, that's not as many responses as we might like to get, but maybe we'll get some more responses with the new big question. What do we have, Steve? Well, our new big question is something that we've just recently discussed ourselves in this podcast, and that is, what are you looking forward to most in 2017 as far as the Superman or Supergirl universe is concerned? Let us know what you're looking forward to in 2017 by using the big question form found at the Superman homepage. You'll find that uh, the Radio KAL page is under the favorites menu on our website, and you can send us your answer to this big question. We'll read them out next podcast which will be released late january 2017 only one thing alive but less than four legs can hear this frequency superman and that's you uh now time for the super secret soundbite last month's sound came from the smallville season two episode exodus 
Let's hear that sound again. Here it is. Clark, don't do it. You put that ring on, you're not yourself. Well, there were five people who guessed it correctly. Who were they, Scotty? We had Guthrie McLean, Fred Walsh, Mike Zummo, Ed Chianti, or Cianti, and One Hero Stop. That's a name I haven't heard before. Yes, uh, so that's uh, five people who guessed it correctly. Congratulations to those five people. Let's see if those five people and more can guess where in the world of Superman this new super secret soundbite comes from. Nice manners, farm boy. Girl like this, you take somewhere posh. It's a wonder women go out with you at all. Well, do you think you know where that sound came from? Can you spot it? Do you, is your memory that clear? Well, if you think you know where that super secret soundbite came from, use the super secret soundbite entry form found at the Superman homepage and send your entry in. Each person who guesses it right will have their name read out here on Radio KAL. I think it's from the Smallville Supernatural crossover episode. You might be right. Who, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> and now it is time for our Superman Song of the Month. What did you find for all of us fine folks this time, Steve? Well, we usually have a song called Superman. If and you go, oh, wow, that's a surprise. But we actually have a song this month titled Lois Lane. It's by mm -hmm. a band titled Zoom, and it's from their self-titled album from 1999. Here it is, Lois Lane. I'm Lois Lane and I'm looking for Superman. I need your X-ray loving tonight. I'm Lois Lane and I'm calling for my Superman. You're the only one to fill my desire.
Well, that was the song, and that is our show and our final one for 2016. We hope you've enjoyed listening to the Radio KL podcast throughout the year. Um, but look, if you think we can improve, we're only too happy to hear your suggestions. If there's a topic you think we need to discuss, if there's a song you'd like us to play, you'll notice we didn't have a comedy sketch this month. I couldn't find one that I thought uh, maybe, look, I'd throw it out to you guys. If there's something that you know of out there that we can play, feel free to use any of those suggestions. It can be sent to us using my email address, which is steve at supermanhomepage.com. You can email Scotty. His email address is scotty at supermanhomepage.com. We also have our KL feedback form at the Radio KL podcast page. So there's all those ways that you can get in touch with us and we'll try to use those suggestions in a future podcast. But this is the final podcast of 2016. Uh, On behalf of myself, Scotty, the rest of the staff at the Superman homepage, I'd like to wish everyone a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and a super new year. We look forward to talking to you in 2017. But for now, thank you, Scotty. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a wonderful holiday season and enjoy the happy new year. I know that uh, one of my highlights of 2016 was uh, when one of the quote-unquote fans told me that uh, he's so glad I filled in on uh, the speeding bulletin and was doing my great Scott videos, even though we all know that someone else before me did a much better job. So as you enjoy the next season, remember, always know someone else did it better. You've been listening to Radio KL, brought to you by supermanhomepage.com and our proud sponsor, Patrick O'Neill. Hello, everyone. This is Superman, bringing you best wishes for a very Merry Christmas from Lois Lane, Perry White, Jimmy Olsen, and myself.